0: hello everyone welcome to another horrific unboxing well uh I've got to do this yesterday but I got distracted with locking on so uh, we're doing it today but this came in yesterday looking forward to it if you uh checked out my interview with Jonathan Hicks you'll know that this is his game that he's just recently created oh looking good already so today we're going to be talking about pressure um yeah Jonathan's a good guy, it was really great having a chat with him, uh, got interested in his world, plus also we're going to be playing this, uh, or our scenario linked to it, in the new year on the channel, so it uh, only seems right that we'll get, we'll get the rule book and we'll find out what's going on. Uh, so this is an industrial science fiction universe, and basically what you are, you're like a team of uh, special operatives, problem solvers, you know, you're sent into the gnarly missions and then whatever's going on in the world kind of happens at you right investigate links to organized crime neutralize rogue weapons research or neutralize rogue weapons research negotiate with rebel leaders on orbital stations and hunt down whatever that black budget excavation team awoke out in the procyon sector i think it's procyon procyon is it p-r-o-c-y-o-n oh ask jonathan he'll he made the word he got the word so um all the days work so you're you know criminals gangsters terrorists um bugs alien entities that you shouldn't be messing with demons whatever i think it's just keeping open that you you're the team you're sent out to go and try and solve the issue as highly skilled agents in the special operations squads it is your job to clean up after the corporations And the stand between humanity and the darkness at the heart of its fragile and claustrophobic existence both on earth and among the stars universe may be a dangerous and hostile place and the hyper cities and the deep black alike may hide powerful foes but you have the tools the training and the resources to face these dangers you hope pressure uh industrial science fiction role-playing is a rules light story focused game of law order and survival in the dark and dangerous corners of the universe rife with corruption and dominated by corporate interests, an alien stand uh, an entirely standalone game. Pressure also develops and expands upon the mechanics and settings introduced in those dark places role we'll playing game, which I will be picking up. Actually, uh, I think it's the scenario that we're talking about next year is going to be like from both, anyway. So, good thing about these games, they can you know, there's like an a, expanding universe, and you can have a game focused on one certain area of it and then there's another element and you can bring together and that's it's good to see so as usual we've got uh our contents a busy breakdown so got our introduction officers briefing uh combat damage pressure experience money and equipment vehicles starships non-player characters out in the darkness Corporations, other organizations, the reach of humankind. So, basically, the reach of humankind, where you've actually got to in the, the universe, so to speak. So, got an introduction, Jonathan's gotten in a wee bit of a prologue here. So, this is a sequel to Those Dark Places. I should have, I'm, I'm going to pick that up. I'll probably do an unboxing lab and have a look at that game. Uh, as, was, as we talked about this is very sort of aliens inspired so it's that, that it's uh that sort of universe you know humankind reaching out to the stars the ordinary working joe you know at the mercy of corporations and their games uh, and that's enough that's bad enough but then you actually what you meet out there uh adds to the sort of terror if that makes sense um industrial science fiction those dark spaces was inspired by movies alien outland a dark star as well as the games Alien: isolation and dead space um focuses on normal people thrown into extraordinary circumstances and claustrophobic deadly and dangerous environments it reflects the fate of the blue collar workers who explore a work in space these are no shiny starship interiors and fancy technology that keep you alive and distracted technology is harsh functional and clunky so this is you know they could work on oil ring in space or mars or neptune or somewhere you know mining a mineral and uh basically it's you know that work alone is dangerous but then throwing the mix the ordinary happening um the sos division and pressure players take the roles of members of the team specialists in the sos special operations squads division trade face dangers of terror that emerged from the dark. SOS operatives are trained military officers with a variety of skills, enabling them to do the work of a standard starship crew with one added bonus. When things go south, they have the tools and equipment to deal with. SOS division operatives are called into action for a variety of situations. They're trained to win hearts and minds, well put bullets in them, investigation work, rescues, prisoner transfers, surgical strikes, and high-risk, on high-risk targets. Searching the long-abandoned wreck of a lost starship all these things are more expected of an SOS officer. They're expected to perform their duties in and out of uniform, adopting the admission as their employer sees fit. So effectively they're they're bad mercenaries, you know, they're they're paid they're paid by the corporations. So the idea I think the idea of nation states and that's gone, that's you know it's all corporations run the show. Um the leaked will see it happen today it's not good. Um Other scenario options, uh, Rubik also gives the players a chance to explore the settings through the eyes of other members of the society. All right, so you can be a citizen. So you're not just limited. So if being a part of a you know a rescue squad or a special operations squad isn't your thing, you can be citizens you know, in a hyper city. So you can just be on the ground. You can be going to an office building. You can do anything and then bring that into your world. As the one controlling the game the general monitor gm will lead the players through stories and exploration and excitement with more and a little danger along the way gm should be familiar with the rules to making partial judgments based on the players questions and actions while also providing an entertaining fulfilling experience pressure is a story-driven narrative game and is a group activity with everyone at the table having a hand in building an interesting story however the gm is the one driving the game more information about being a gm could be found in adventure the foster report at the back of the book which i am not going to read because if you see me do these before never read this scenario if you're planning to be a player don't read the scenarios because it'll spoil things uh it doesn't mean you never read them because if you end up playing the game then you can go back afterwards obviously and read the scenario but as a rule of thumb unless you're actually planning to run that particular scenario don't read them just it it ruins your experience you know you limit yourself if you start reading all the rule books and scenarios and you you pick it all up then you're not going to get the the best out of these sort of games doesn't mean you can't collect them of course you know but it's uh like i just we just finished out of the gods i went back then finally read the the scenarios like oh right that's what you're up to oh and saw some other things that could have been thrown in which was uh fascinating it's good to go back afterwards and go, oh, right, that's what it was all about. But when you're actually in the game playing it, you get a better experience. If you, you know, you're reacting to each situation as it comes along. If you're kind of pre- pre-gamed, then you just ruin it for yourself. Uh, to play pressure, each player will need to create a player character, PC, which is straightforward and each process. You choose a role in the group, divide up your points between your statistics and then choose your skills. That's it. Better PCs as a group so that everyone knows what everyone else is doing and they're spending their points. That way they'll get a well-rounded team and a nice spread of skills and abilities. Which should help in most situations. Spend some time figuring out what your character is, why they've opted for this kind of life, and how they'll interact with the other PCs. Ask yourself why you created your character the way you did, how you chose a particular person with those specific skills, and what you intend to do with them in this world that's um if you've seen any of the session zeros um session zeros are really great because that's where you get in the sort of feel for the game and how you're putting it pre like for one shots pre-generated characters are fine you know you just here's your character go with it you're not excited but if you're going to be playing a campaign you know longer than say two sessions then it's a good idea to do a session zero and that's just your character creating and mean, that's where everyone just sits down and without even starting into the scenario talk about your character talk about what they're about how they get in and that's where you get involved in the game um if you see my recent session zero for a nominee adam and i are going through it and just the what ifs and then also you get to talk about the game mechanics uh because my my angel character in that game has a lot of discord which is a massive thing in the game to pick that up so i had to then justify uh having that and what happened and the backstory and why i'm in a position in and it does it, it gets your mind in the gear set for the game uh with the call of cthulhu ones obviously uh phil likes to do those offline the session zeros but we do do them so for helter skelter was that had a in-depth uh session zero who our characters are we would be connected to the main you know i would end up busy at the the opening scene how we got invited we we'll do that then you go through the mechanics and you roll so when you roll a certain way like when I rolled initially my size was like huge I mean I could barely make it up a split of stairs without wheezing so I had to like re-roll that because it just didn't make sense um but things like that that's where you get to have that conversation it's better to do that first before jumping in the game because then it brings everything to grinding health if you haven't really thought these things through then when it comes to the game, you're kind of like, oh, 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 right. Didn't expect that. Helps the GM. to, You know I mean? This is a partnership. I've talked about this a hundred times. You know, Um, it's a partnership between the person running the game and the people playing the games. It's not a versus. It's not like a, you know, a board game where people are playing the win. That makes sense. It's creating the story, getting through the scenario. Yes, you can win. Yes, you can build points. But at the end of the day, it's that's not what this is about, and that's where people have it. Th- I think if you're new to role playing, have a wee bit of a difficulty getting their head wrapped around it. That oh right, uh, what do you mean? I don't just roll dice and it's about beating things. It's actually when things go wrong. That's where you have the most laughs because you just have to go with it, and yeah, it just you just get the silly scenarios, and that's where. If you ever meet a group of role players who've been playing together for any amount of time, you'll become quickly aware of like a hundred in jokes from games because that's just the way it works. You you get all these little uh, in jokes and what uh, things that happened and all, and then I just start to play yourself. You become part of it. It's really vibrant. It's uh, I'm so glad I got back into it again. I really am because it's just so much fun and if you've got the right people and everyone's got the same mindset that they're, they're at a good time then that's it you're you know you just you can watch three four hours disappear easily and not even realize um check out our alien game you know on the channel like i said we just finished the first was it, four sessions uh tonight obviously we're talking about the movie because we're having a break between the, that and the new year obviously starting in so we're going to talk about the movie tonight but yeah so much fun, laughs, things gone wrong. Like my character got wiped out, didn't have a chance, you know. But you go with it, you don't like feel you don't feel aggrieved. If that makes sense, because that's the nature of the game. It's just the the way it goes. Right, officer's briefing. I'm obviously I'm not gonna read this entire thing out because uh links in the description, by the way, folks. Uh pick us up to get up yourself. I'm liking the artwork. Uh it's um it's on the copycat, it's a nice stripped down, um, sort of clean artwork, which is interesting because then in fact, it's a dirty, grimy universe. It's a, it's a nice, interesting contrast, but we'll, we'll see as we we'll go along in the book, but... um Right, so we've got a wee bit of a, an officer briefing. At right, sit down, come on, get in, get Let's get out. Right, so, yeah. So that's given in character as a briefing. So you can check that out. I'm not going to read it all out. Each you so you got a case file. So at the start of this type of game, you're given a case file, uh, this individual briefing. Numbers in the case file I terms determine what to do. Um, attributes. So as usual, charisma, agility, strength, education. So they're they're standard in most uh most rule playing games. You know, when you want to interact with the NPCs, unique charisma of some sort. If that's your focus, of your game, you know, wheeling and dealing and talking your way into places, unique charisma. Uh then more into the like the agility, strength. Uh agility is your physical aptitude and hand eye coordination, driving, shooting, gun. Oh, I think it requires dexterity, you know so we're having to spend some some games have a separate dexterity role agility is like you're flipping and spinning and stuff but i think he's combined it with us strength physical parts busy can you lift heavy things that's your strength education speaks for itself. so you have 10 points divide up between these four scores the higher the better no single score can be lower than one or higher than four so straight away it's leading you into you can't just be super duper superhero you gotta you can't just put 10 points into one thing. So the game's kind of leading you that what you have to do. Uh and that's this is where you make your choice. And this is where I talked about at the start of the game here. That's why it's good to have your session zero with the group. Because if you've got a team member who wants to specialize in one thing, then you need something to balance that out. Because if everyone just turns up and they're a fighter, for example, so they've all got high strength and all got high agility. And you come up against a, a keypad and a locked door, and nobody's trained to bypass locks. You basically got a bunch of grunts down there going, "Oh, try to smash it." You know what I mean? It's that sort of thing. So you gotta, you gotta think of the the mission ahead a bit, and that's a, that's a conversation which it talks about here between the player and the GM, because that's and at the end. It's not antagonistic. It's just a chat. You know, you're you're preparing for a game. That, that's why it's quite a. This was quite an involved hobby. When you get into this, it really is involved and you don't even see, you don't even realize that you're you're hooked. Once you get hooked, this, that's it. There's no going back. So attributes are used to determine your PC is successful when they attempt an action. In the simulation, you'll be given a situation to deal with by the general monitor and ask if you'd like to resolve a situation. So like I said, you come up against a locked door, uh, keypad, I'll, I'll use that, I wonder if, so reason D six that's a six sided dice. Um, add a result, to your attribute score and the total is equal to higher than the action's difficulty number, usually seven. So if something's really hard, um, so let's let's go to this lock door. It's perfectly fine. It's a keypad. It just needs bypassed. So you have somebody who has that skill. So for this, I would say it'd be their education. So they've been trained and they've put that skill in that they're good at locking doors. So they're saying here it's a seven. So say you put three points into education, then you roll a dice. You need to get over seven. You roll your D6, you then get eight. You get seven or above. You can type in the right keys or put in your device and bypass the door. So that's, that's normal, fine. You come up against a situation in game where maybe it's a bit harder. So, uh, the keypad the door isn't just locked, but somebody's busted the keypad. So, instead of being a seven, that would be an eight or a nine because of the damage, and you have to negotiate that damage. So, therefore, you still have your stats, you still roll the dice, but this time you have to get a higher score because it's more tricky to get through it. And that's the way the game, and then that's just one example, but it could be hundreds of things that happen. Generally these games, um, if you're going along with the story and things, you you won't roll dice that much. But it's things like that that you come across. That's where the challenge of the game is. And that's where if you've decided correctly to pick the right attributes and you've got a well-balanced team and you've had the conversation, then you've a chance of doing it. But saying nobody goes for education at all <laughs> and everyone's just gonna want an education, uh, your chance of well, you're not gonna do it because if you have already got a one and you roll a six at the difficulty seven, you have the roll a six just to maybe bypass that door. But if the door's busted up and you need neither more, you're not getting through it. It's too, it's above your it's above what you understand. So hope that makes sense in my clunky way of speaking, <laughs> trying to explain how dice rules not works. I've done it in different, you know, I mean, I've, I've done a few of these unboxings now in different games. It, a lot of us does boil down, which is. If you play a particular game, let's put it like this here. If you play a particular game, there's no reason why you can't try a different system because there's a lot of recognisable stuff. Even though there's different, you know, dice rolls or different mechanics, a lot of it boils down to the same things. Can you talk to people? Can you fight? Can you solve problems? Can you do research? You know, that's it's the basics of what you can do as a person. And you know yourself, if you build a team of specialists, you need someone skilled in a particular area, and if you're told a mission, then that depends who you bring onto your team for that mission. So you have a squad of twenty people, and they've all got different characters. But for that mission, you're bringing four or five because normally four or five players for games, but right. So you're bringing the four or five people. So I need a this. I need a communication specialist. I need a heavy weapons specialist. I need somebody who speaks this language. I you know, and that's the all the session Zero stuff. The conversation you have with your gm and then that's where it boils down to can you um solve this I like, i'm liking the art um the art in this is very deceptive i have to say because the description is talking about a grimy dirty universe and the art is very clean cut it's it is deceptive you're you're thinking it's a nice friendly fluffy place but i'm I'm just waiting till i get along here that when we start seeing nasty things um, I like I like actually that type of artwork. I like that sort of nice clean lines and it's given that sort of Blade Runner vibe to it, which is cool. Oh, sorry, got some people in the chat. Hey, Chris, how are you, man? And Chris Dylef, how are you, man? Good to see us. Is... <laughs> yeah, it's, it is afternoon, isn't it? Yeah, it is, yeah. Maybe lunchtime. Right. Um optional rule, automatic success and failure. Okay, so this might be pushing rules. Um, if you've heard in some of the games, you know, if you fail a rule, you can push it, but the consequences if you don't get it the second time are worse than if you just fail regularly. But um, let's see. The idea that there's no way that a character can succeed at certain moments in the game can only be free. Nah, hold on, put my teeth back in. Um, the idea that there's no way that a character can succeed at a certain moment in the game. Can not only be frustrating for the players but also for the GM. If the situation the PCs are finding difficult somehow stalls the game or makes a certain events unsatisfying or unexciting, on one rule you can use to give games a more adventurous fail is to make sure all roles of six automatically succeed, no matter the total result. Similarity, you can make all roles of one automatically fail. You can use both automatic successes and failures in your sessions or just one or the other depending on the skills and abilities of the PCs however it's advised that you make your decision of which of those rules you're using as a group before you start the campaign and them during play can damage immersion right once again this is back to the sessions zero. session zeros are so important it's so important that you just have a chat about what what you are playing uh, without spoiling the scenario of course but an idea of what you're going to do so you can sort of prepare so let's go back to the locked door like I said, people haven't um people haven't bothered with education. The the comp the door, the locks busted up. So it's going to need a roll of eight or more. Nobody can do it because everyone's just put one in education. So even a rule of six would already give you seven points. So it's not gonna happen. With this rule, however, if you roll a six, you somehow manage to bypass and get it working. So there you go. That's instant, you know. By rolling a six, there you go. You, you solved the problem. I suppose that's a. Um, yeah. Yeah, you need to say that because you can't just decide one minute. Oh, I'll give you an automatic success. Or I can see how that would be really annoying uh, just to get through the game. So, yeah, it's good to decide whether or not. Yeah, it's useful. Especially if it's a story-driven, you know, you, you just do, you don't want the problems. Like, everyone everyone's standing in front of a locked door and knocking any further, and it's an airlock, then the game's kind of over. Uh, if you've ever heard my Star Wars game story, I shot a rocket. It hit the tank. It really rolled success, and it blew the tank to smithereens. And the piece of information was in the tank, and then the GM ended the game because we couldn't get it you know, and you're just like going, uh? And I still remember that from like 20 odd years ago. Just that frustration of, hold on, I rolled well, how'd I end up failing the entire game? But it's just um, that sort of thing. But yeah, that that's a good way to maybe get through that if you're not wanting to have things come, you know, if you want your story to progress, that's a good one to use. Same as if you roll a one, that's it. You, you blow the the sparks of the door or the the pad you fret it it can't be used again so swings and roundabouts you're you really turn into a coin flip at that point so yeah interesting to play with um i would suggest if you're first playing us not using us first and trying it without it to see how you get through the scenario uh yeah to me just reading that i would leave that particular rule out the first time you play a game like guess just to see how you go. And if you can do without it, cool. And it's you know it doesn't take away from the game. But if you're finding that you're getting in the games and they're you know it was really hanging up on a particular dice roll then maybe that'd be a good thing to bring in. But I would try without it first, if that makes sense, if you're playing this just from what I'm getting the feel off so far. All right, so here we go. This is where we're getting a bit more in depth. So it seemed quite um, simplified the, the sort of stats, but then now we're getting into a wee bit more uh, in depth. So charisma isn't just charisma; you have various skills. So bargain, con, leadership, perception, streetwise. So you don't just pick you know you've got charisma but then you have to specialize in a particular area of charisma so are you a con artist can you are you a leader do you get people to follow you um are you a negotiator streetwise are you, you know I mean can you go and talk to the local hoods without getting your head caved in so there there you go there's already expanded right just simple just a simple table nothing complicated here and as we're saying okay who is your character skills in um stealth drive pilot ranger dodge so once again your agility it's not just an all-rounder you're not a you're not an acrobat that does flip, but you have to what what have you honed your skills into where have you specialized so are you somebody you can sit in an op you know in a hedge watching somebody for two weeks or sneak through the the roof of a building without being seen or are you somebody yeah basically a driver so is that where you put your agility into that you're you know you put you behind the wheel of something and you're you're flying um strength skills climb hand to hand leap melee or swim that's an interesting one swim when it's a space based game hmm i think that could be interesting so you're gonna go encounter some situations where there's bodies of water or do you swim in space interesting one to choose so once again um so even your strength you your fighter hand-to-hand can you jump so these you know i mean you just still become an all-rounder you have to think about what what your character is what to specialize so if you're going for let's say example an assassin you're going to have you're going to be focused on having perception because you want to be around your surroundings stealth and then you want to either be melee or hand to hand so you want to be able to you know be aware you're surrounded sneak in the places and then when it comes to your target both do the business education skills uh computers engineering medicine navigation science so there you go you can start seeing the building blocks here of okay i want to be at this okay what does being a this entail what does being an assassin entail what does being a pilot entail okay i'm a heavy gunner what does that entail and then you start to build your stats accordingly and focus so straight away there's there's a page and we're getting the, the the side picture of what our character is going to be using skills special skill increasing skills um You can now have four attributes and 20 skills. Once you've created a PC, you can't increase your attribute scores any further, but you can increase your skills, making the PC more proficient uh, in that area of expertise. So we've got further skills to look at, or up, this. Hi, on, I need to go back. Oh, sorry, my apologies. I've read that wrong. So you've got your additional 10 points for your attributes you put into that, but then your your points then um, decides how you can, you get extra points in to put into these skills. And now as you depend on your attributes means you can specialize, but it's, it's the same sort of thing. Once again, this is, I'm just going over the, I've just read this for the first time. You've watched me. um The principle's the same. The mechanics might be slightly different the what you do but then that's where you read this first if you're going to run a game you read this first you can really use the mechanics um a good example is actually to create a couple of characters i find if you're you're going to run a game and you want to learn the rules just rule dice and create characters and see how it goes and then get the mechanics in your head and then when you're talking to a player then that gives you you know you've uh, at least had a bit of experience I think the worst thing to do is just to like do what I'm doing, trying to figure it out cool while reading for the first time with a player. That would be uh, wouldn't be good for either party. So you need to appreciate GMs. You know, people that run games, uh, they have to do all this background work. As a player, you effectively just have to turn up and you get let you know in. And so, one thing is, if you're a player, turn up for the GM. For example, you know if you're going to. Commit the a game. Turn up the the minimum you can do. Don't try to win or beat the GM. You know it's not a battle. The person running the game has to put all this effort into the background. You know, doing the research, and this is even before building the scenario. And they're there to help you get your you know get your character get where you want to go. There, it's not a, a battle, so that's why I said this, this is what makes this game unique. This type of game, they're a partnership you Work with GM, the GM works for you. Everyone's there to have a good time. That's that's the, the point of it at the end of the day. I know I've went over this before, but it's sometimes worth repeating, especially if this is the first video you've seen. Folks of uh, this sort of thing, uh, got quite a few now. You can more than uh, sorry, I'm starting to read, <laughs> you're more than welcome to check about. Sorry, I'm, I'm forgetting sometimes in life. <laughs> uh, Skills time around, so using skills and an abstract process. Most time takes around five rounds. No one's around, simulation of time. Yeah, so um, you see around as you know a series of actions. It's just the way, it's a mechanic, so that everything isn't just a free for all. You have a wee bit of structure of, you encounter this door, what do you do? So you say, for example, to achieve, you want to bypass the lock. It's going to take you five rounds however in round three enemies are going to start to appear so your teammates have to cover you while you do that <laughs> so it adds an extra you know should it be parrots should it be alien creatures coming or about to rush towards the door that's why you need to get it open so they're going to appear in round three for example so that gives the rest of the members of the team two rounds you know to get ready So. uh I don't know if I put it in this but for example if you're if you've got a weapon you're going to take aim it's completely different to just firing off the hip in terms of success so it's, it's things like gap so GM might give you a plus one and once again that's that's a conversation can happen you know whether modifiers it's completely up to the GM and the characters you know if you make a convincing case yeah I'll give you a plus one I'll give you an extra dice blah 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 that's you know you've seen that if you've watched any of these games you've um you've seen this playing a sam oh synthetic automation sam's right so we've got synthetics in this so you don't just have to play a human character that was the thing as well because people um when i was ch- chatting to jonathan we were talking about the likes of call of cthulhu and alien the other you know other games where maybe people have played other systems like d d have a major problem with the fact you're playing a human character and you're so fragile. A lot of people can't get their head around that because they want to play this invincible superhero that can just be hacked to pieces, you know, and still keep going and not even notice, where a lot of the, especially games, you notice I focus a lot of these sort of games because I like the human aspect because you have to think about what you're doing. A lot of people have a problem with that. One thing Jonathan's mentioned, which um, is good, is you can be augmented so you can play a synthetic. So I've straight away, it's going to give you uh, different attributes, which I'm not going to because by the bloody book. Like I'm, I'm like you know, I'm starting to wake out because I want to get stuck in this. Um, you you can augment yourself then, so you can have cybernetics. You just have you know, just have the modifiers. You can have super soldier serum. Why not? especially uh, we talking about this sort of game you can have a super soldier serum so if you're not too comfortable about playing and you maybe it's just coming into your comfort zone maybe you're used to playing D for years especially fifth edition you know where you're this superhero with a million points and you can just get pummeled right the the last hit point and still be standing and fighting coming in the sort of game can be intimidating i get it so if you want if you're just playing for the first time, and this is the GMs as well, if you've got somebody that's maybe apprehensive, make them an augmented human or a synthetic. So give them that bit of buffer, and then when they realise that they're having fun, you know that that lets them get in the universe. If that makes sense, and still have that feeling of protectiveness rather than vulnerability. Because I know it's intimidating mentally. Because these are mental games at the end of the day. And the play on emotions and desires. And that's you know, and when you're putting yourself into a character, you get invested, you don't want your character to get wiped out in the first uh scenario. And there's that fear there of putting so much effort into something to lead them often. It's human, you know, it's human nature. So make them an augmented human. Give them um give them a buff to get them playing. And then when they play, and then they realize that there's so much more to role playing than just clunk 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 roll dice kill the beast steal the treasure clunk 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 next one and they like it the next time they play they'll not they'll not worry about it or you can have their cybernetics feel you know there's it's all about the cat you know in mean, just bang on the carrot, get people involved having conversations these games game systems don't have to be antagonistic just because you like one doesn't mean you're betraying it by playing another game in fact the more you play different games the better role player you become and the better you know uh, the more you get out of the the whole hobby it's um like I come from a 40k background playing other tabletop games apart from 40k is a good idea because you learn other systems and you get a more of appreciation and you learn tactics and you Become a better player, where if you just stay with the one thing, you know, tunnel vision, you've become limited. And it's easy to get into a comfort zone. It's so uh, it really is. Um, but you kind of to yourself as a person to challenge yourself and step out every so often. Come give it a try. Um you'll see all the links. Come on Discord. We have Discord servers, loads of loads of gameplay and channels, tons of games happening. Um some of which i've never even heard of before and i'm seeing people playing having fun and uh getting interested you know we have a we have a vibrant community i've, I've joined you know uh brotherhood of the dice infinite monkey Tales, rx oliver with a really good group there of different channels and different groups of people and we all cross over and we're you know it's all about the love of the, this hobby and that's um it's really obvious when you start seeing the other games being played and we all try to help each other out so it's worth getting involved so in the description of course you'll see the link tree all our platforms look for the discord and have a pop over if you want to if you want to get involved if maybe you've never played role-playing game before you want to reach out reach out the channel we'll, we'll get you sorted not a problem at all so here we go rounds talk about rounds initiative any role-playing game you roll, nice to see who, who goes first who gets to drop on someone you know that's uh it's all a mechanic it's cool to do personal combat so that's yeah that's personal one-on-one sort of combat range combat so that's shooting um number about seven yep so here we go normally so seven seems to be the number you debate to, to achieve stuff fair enough however if you're their body's partially obscured, then it can be an it back to the broken lock. You know, if you just have to bypass the lock, it's a seven, but if the lock's busted, it's an eight. Put in cover, so increase the nine. So they're like right behind a box. you it gets harder. Dodging. Dodging pretty much speaks for itself. Damage, right. So weapons have certain damage. So weapons have a damage cap of one. In the like point of damage, no matter what the roll. Damage cap of two. Uh, a roll in D6 means you inflict one point of damage. Anything else inflicts two points. Alright, so we're not doing that. It. Uh, so lucky shots. So let's have a look. Yep, there's a damage table. So this is what happens to your character. Punch kick damage one. Club damage of two. Knife three. Dazer Mk4, almost be a rifle, does damage at 4. A Gauss pistol does 16. Gauss rifle does 40. I've never talked about hit points in this, actually. Must be getting to it. I'm only a few pages in, but um, must be getting to hit points. Thinking about the any part of the body has deferential effects. Yeah, it's not good getting shot. Uh, getting shot or stabbed or both or and carrying on like nothing happening isn't the truth of it. Yeah. Back to what I said, people that maybe played D D have a real problem with this aspect. And like I said, it's just um that's where you use Super Serum or you use augmentation. If you want to bring somebody aboard that's been used in that sort of environment, and then this can be really intimidating that one one gunshot, that's it, you're done. Or a brick to the head, you're done. You know, that's uh it could be quite intimidating. And same as vampire. You know, I have played vampire. That's where I started out with well, here in Warwolf. That's the same thing. You can get hacked to pieces. If they're not silver weapons, you know, and basically carry on because you're a supernatural being. So going from out to a human character, you're kind of like, oh you know, it takes a wee minute to get your head around it. Yeah, so basically what it's doing is it makes your difficulty go up. So if you get if you're injured, it's going to be harder to do things. So if you're you've got a big, scapegoat in the side of your body because somebody put a bit of steel in there you're not going to be running as fast you're not going to be climbing as fast you know you're you're disadvantaged so that makes your difficulty go up so it's that's, that's uh fair enough but also stops you charging in you know this idea of just charging in and being immortal doesn't doesn't work in these sort of games but then that adds to the drama you know uh look at our shiver adventure um people were afraid to move <laughs> because just because a rug came alive and the people realizing how much damage a rug could do an animated rug and then it's like oh god i'm gonna get wiped out you know and then all of a sudden the the way you deal with the game just changes and that's that's an aspect of fun as well because then you have to think and you have to problem solve and then you have to just charge in you have to maybe avoid combat because it's not good and then also gives you a chance not everybody wants to be a combat based character and that's, uh, that's what I find frustrating about d If you're not a combat-based character, there's not much in the adventure for you. You really are left out, especially dungeon crawls, because all you are is an extra, basically a fifth wheel. If you don't go for a combat-focused character, it's really frustrating. Um, So you're kind of locked in that step where these games, for those that don't want to just play somebody hacking and slashing, there's a whole plethora of roles you can play and be useful and be part of the game because getting into combat's not a good thing because you can die like real life going out, you know you can always tell somebody's never been in a fight before <laughs> they're always like well, I not care but I knock your head and I do this you know you know that they're being punched in their life look at the internet you know the Louis dweebs that um, are always going off. I've never had a good smack in the face because if they had, they'd think twice about what they say to people because getting punched in the face isn't fun. <laughs> Just put the like that, you know. But there we go. I digress. Oh, pressure rules. Now this is what the the title of the game. So this is what we'll have to look at. I think this is going to be similar to stress. So let's talk about pressure rules. You may say I may, but I actually mean will, find yourself in situations where your mind and even your sanity is put under extreme pressure. Perhaps you're trapped in a small space and you have claustrophobia, or you have been surprised by an unexpected corpse, or you have been hunted by some deep space horror beyond explanation, or gods forbid, you get shot. Anything you can trigger an extreme emotional response calls for a pressure roll. Here we go. This is the crux of the game. This sounds very Cthulhu-esque. Cthulhu your your Sandy rules. Or DD, Ravenloft, your horror rules. Which is funny because D players don't get it. That um that Ravenloft scenario is actually really good, but your typical DD player doesn't understand it. That's why things like uh, Ravenloft and Dragonlance are kind of like subgenres off the side the rest of the your normal DD people don't get they're like, oh, what's this strange thing? So they've attempted to bring that in, but the your typical D player doesn't want to know. Um, I'm not spending this entire stream segment off D by the way, it just it's funny, it's observations that I've noticed. Um, to make a pressure rule, roll, roll a single D6 and add your pressure bonus, which is your combined strength and education scores, as we discussed earlier, right? Obviously, I'm skimming through this, I'm not reading out this book verbatim because go get it basically go help jonathan's a really good bloke and he's uh, really invested in what he creates and everyone that's uh, played one of his games has enjoyed it so far so go go help the guy out link in the description Knowing I mean, help help independent creators because it's bloody hard if you roll more than 10 you've passed and you're shaking you'll be fine continue as you are if you roll exactly 10 you're shocked stunned into in action, you cannot take any actions in the next turn, so it's oh, you know, you see a corpse, like oh, you know, if you roll nine or less, you're seriously affected, and your pressure level goes up by one. This is where things get bad, yeah, you're, you're starting to break down. Um, distress dice and alien that's what wiped me out. I rolled the stress dice, and I just ended up a gibbering wreck when I saw the neomorph. That was it. My my character could do nothing. They just stood there and basically peed themselves and then got ripped to shreds. Game over. That's um, but then that's the whole point. That's the tension, that's the horror of these games. You know, and it's good it's good to get a, have that because then that's you, you get invested then in your scenario. If you're just blase going through, all oh, right, I'll just roll three few dice and nothing will happen to me why are you invested in the game you may as well play snakes and ladders where these games you're meant to get involved you're meant to get emotional you're meant to get invested obviously not acting like an arse you know and through hissy fits but you get invested and it's so much fun the, the trick is though when something happens to your character is you learn to let it go you know i mean you get invested in the emotion the emotion of the moment with your character but once that happens you let it go as a real person and that's sometimes People have a wee bit of difficulty with that and that's once again it's just this unique nature of this hobby why people uh can't get their head around why to play it and then when they get in the, the, the all of a sudden they find these emotions happening to them and don't know why because if you're playing a, a normal pc game especially modern ones because they're boring uh but people don't get that if you're not into playing games and getting that emotional you know just investing in it People find that difficult to be uh, deal with, especially if you're somebody who just watches TV, for example, and you don't challenge yourself in life. You never get that emotional build up and release, and it's it's only good for you. It is. It's only I can only uh, say it's it's good for you. Episodes, anyway. Um, an episodes, a non controllable emotional response. Oh, so this is basically similar to a sanity rule in Cthulhu uh jitters exhausted panicked rigid catatonic uh insane fear there we go so we've got we've got all the mechanics built in that you you see something or encounter something gnarly and it's going to affect your character and we get the this is just the mechanic then to say what happens to you and it's fun to play out, out like if your character starts wibbling and that that's fun like you're you can come up with your mind, right, I'm going to be charging and doing this, and then all of a sudden you start going ah, and you run completely the other direction, which is back in the danger, then your car- your player, your fellow players have to figure out what to do, because you can't just leave players to die, because that's going to destroy your team, you know, and then you have to, like, oh, bit around that way, we we'll have to go and get them, and then everything just, it's that whole chaos of things going tits up, you know, and that's, that's where you have the most fun in these games when it's not formulaic when it doesn't go to plan when things go just completely horribly wrong as they would do think about watching a horror movie if everything just went right in the plan, nobody did the stupid thing would it be a fun movie? no, someone has to go and poke the alien egg till the hugger jumps in their, their head you need that mechanic because else the rest of the story wouldn't happen you need people to be terrified, and you know, lose the plot, and shoot the flamethrower the other direction, and then fry up a set of circuits. You know, that's that's all part of the drama intention, and, and this game just, it just has mechanics to let it to happen. And believe it or not, when you it's it's not during the game; it's afterwards when you're thinking back at it, and you realize we just built a scenario, we just basically created a movie scene without even realizing. And that's what I'm saying. You end up with the end jokes once you've made a group of role players. All the end jokes in the talk, and it's all about previous games because it is living theater. People aren't actors, you know. It's not like an acting, you know, script. But yeah, you do have it's a it's an element of living theater, and oh, we create the scene, and that is exhilarating, and it really is fun. Really, other person looks like they're on the basement yeah i'm the sort of person i'm gonna try and ta- tackle the thing because that's me i don't i i get my backup if somebody's trying to intimidate me i get my backup so i'm the sort of person i'm gonna have a go i'm um kind of the 13th party it i'm your dumb boxer look the things he's going to take on jason you know that's me i'm gonna have a crack and i'm gonna get my head removed from my shoulders have the purse you don't give into the you know the really high tense political discussion because i i go and blow all that up and i start a war between countries experience so i'm not going to read it all out you get experience points elite teams using experience points in other ways so yeah as you play through uh, usually the games are broken so say you have a campaign so we're playing i'll use alien for example we're playing the draconis strain trilogy we've just finished the first part of the campaign uh the charity of the gods we've all got story points experience points so what our character's done gives give us a certain points we can then carry those points across to the next part of the game and that could be the difference between you know having a bit of extra equipment or having an extra dice roll in a situation where things are there and that's why you, That's why, like I said, you get invested, you work with the GM, you don't try and derail the game, you don't be that guy. It's all a collaborative process and you you invest yourself in the story. Believe it or not, you invest yourself in the story, you're not having to try to earn points, you'll just do it automatically. If you're invested in your character and you know your place and you're playing that sort of role, then don't worry about getting points. It's not a win or lose, you'll get them. If every time you try to do something, you have a good reason for it, and you can justify it. And that's a good thing in real life, actually, because you're you're explaining yourself. So when you're doing it in a game like this, you're explaining yourself. Believe not those skills transfer to real life, because if you can explain yourself and what you're trying to do, guess what? It's not bad. Not a bad thing. So here we go. Money and equipment. Earnings. So that all plays into factor because you're going to be in, from what I guess in this game, you're going to be in space stations. Like, there's it's not just the uh, exploring the far of space you know I mean there's colonies set up there's workers so you've got transactions there's ledger facilities hotels places you can go crash night. so you're not just sleeping in the bunk of the ship you can go in and do things you may need to buy equipment you know so earnings and all that kind of stuff you're an employee at the end of the day you know you're, you're part of a specialist team you're an employee, so you've got a not everyone's a hobo in the street. Though you can't play that. And that's where the whole street things and all come in. So you've got, you know, got that, but you, it's just a mechanic to be able to do things rather than just, here's everything you need. You gotta go work for it. So another thing's all about the combat. That's about, right? I need to go pick up these items. So you go and negotiate and barter and you've only got 10, whatever the currency is. Say you've got 10 credits and the thing costs 11, then you use your negotiating skills to get down to nine. You know, and that's good, you know. I mean, that's not time wasted, that's your role playing out the scenario and being useful and playing the game. Vehicles, right? So, I remember when I was talking to Jonathan, he was saying that they're not these aren't factory line starships, it's not Star Trek or anything like that. Where there's uh, I know he's talking about producing an extra book, well there's actually classifications of ships, so the difference between a cruise liner and a sailboat. but They're all purpose-built. They're knocked together. He was actually making me think of orcs, 40k orcs, the way they build ships. Um, That's what I had in my head when he was talking about this. But each one's unique. And that's cool because then that gives your uh, ship, you know, it mightn't be that nice. It could be bolted, riveted, bits onto it. Extra antenna, you know, it was built for one purpose, but you've converted it to do something else. Um, Service vessel salvage. So, yeah, there's starship identifications, stats. So you you basically build, like your character, you build your ship. So you've got a unique ship for the game, and that could be as much a character as anything else. Think about good scenarios. Um, Like tonight we're going to be talking about, like the Nostromo was a character. It, it was as much a character as any of the, the human characters. And that's, you know, everyone knows in stromo in alien. Uh, oh God, I can't even remember the name of the ship. But the ship in Cowboy Bebop, for example, that was a character in itself. It was their home. Think of Mora in uh, Farscape. The ship can be the Enterprise, you know, in Star Trek. Millennium Falcon and the Starship things uh they're as much a character as the humans so actually getting the chance to build your ship i like the idea of that i like the idea of having your ship we're maybe a bit of i'll need to speak to jonathan about it in fact when we do the session zero in the new year that'll be an interesting one i want to talk about is how are we building this ship and i've i'm actually quite interested that we we'll have um i'm thinking of being a pilot actually but i'm thinking about this upcoming game um i have a chat it, but I am thinking think being be in the pilot of the ship and the ship being the character and the home base and where we are use it and I like that like I love the Firefly series um god what a what a brilliant series that was The Firefly that was just as much as a character as anything else so I'm liking this aspect of the, the game it's one that hasn't really been touched on in other systems that I'm aware of navigation starship hazard so yeah starship combat so there you go we can have you know you can you can be in the ship and come across other ships and everyone has to jump their gun turret but then again how many gun turrets can you put in that affects the speed and agility and you're not overload with ammo so the thing doesn't blow up in one head you know it's all that kind of fun stuff Damage the starships. Um, yeah, so here's a whole section on you know your your ship. So already I'm thinking your your ship's just as much of a character in this, which I'm liking, and I'm already thinking, of, I don't even know what the scenario is for this game that we're going to play. But um, I'm because I haven't really done this in the game, you know, having the ship and much of a character, I'm thinking I'm gonna it'll be my baby and we'll have it you know we'll see what can build a certain way and then if there's enough like if there's space to space combat who doesn't love that not just being a human character that's embarking but actually being in the spaceship and doing space to space combat that's that's a good fun thing to play and then that's built into the game here so people are running about and man and gun turrets, or you know smoke dischargers or what what are we going to gonna have or deflection rays. Obviously I'm flicking through this I'm not uh reading it all out. But yeah, there, there's a whole there's a whole lot of fun to be had and uh, an aspect to dive into with the game. And then we're going to non player characters, so NPCs, they're the ones that the GM runs and they're the people that you interact with to solve problems. Yeah, and you basically just give them yeah. Oh right, so there's there's built-in, you know, there's like sort of pre-gen, but it's just a thug. Uh Streetwise 1, charisma gel. So there's their stats. Reporter, corporate officer. So there's um terrorist cultist. So there are a few examples. There's pre-gen stats. Um as a as a GM, as somebody run the game, you can rule your own if you want to. You can just roll your own stats for your NPCs. You have certain NPCs in mind. Yeah, think about it. You go to go and get another. You, you see this. Um, think of like building up your PC. You know, you go, You see a new sound card or you, you see a new FLT drive or there's something. Here's a new gimmick. I'm thinking smoke discharger or something that disguises you. Uh, you go and source that and buy it and fit it to the ship. And then you have that aspect of you do come across parrots for example that even a new paint that looks like a meteor imagine having your ship built you know almost disguised like a meteor so you can land on one and you, you don't get seen you know stuff like that so you can actually bring it up is there something that can mask your your engine drives like a suppressor that doesn't you know you don't get the full blast of the drives you know like a, a rifle you have a suppressor so it doesn't get the full flash i mean loads of there's loads of fun to be had there and i don't think i've ever come across a system where your ship is as much uh you know as much character and actually have fun with it that i'm really looking forward to playing with us the personnel rogue ais right so this whole section is all about npcs things that your the player can come up against Cat, snake, lizard, spider, dog. Ghosts, birds, poltergeists, aliens. There's no reason. Um, apart from Event Horizon, what space adventure do you know has a supernatural and Hellraiser bloodlines? Obviously. But Leprechaun and space. <laughs> but there's not that many Space supernatural adventures. For some reason, there's like a, always been like a massive line drawn between that. Just because you're in space in the future doesn't mean ghosts and spirits don't exist. So there's a, I mean, there's a whole horror game waiting to happen. Just happens to be in space. Orientation briefing. Okay, this is about um. Role player ask. All right, take a seat. I'm going to give you keep it too long. This is a required briefing. Oh, hold on. This is now. In conclusion, okay, I'm gonna. Right. Yep. So here is now the scenario, I believe. Yep. So I'm not gonna read this, but okay. So that's the that's a scenario for the game. The reason I'm not gonna read this is I could end up being I could end up playing it. And I, I just have this rule where, if I've got i have gotten the core rulebook or anything, I, I don't read this scenario because I don't want to spoil it. There you go. This is a really nice. Like, nice hardcover book, really compact. It's not rules heavy. You know, I mean, there's the rules here. are Sensible. The tables are sensible. It's not one of those games where you have to like basically get a degree in the subject before you can run it. You just have to make yourself familiar. Um, Biggest thing is they just roll, roll a few characters, get your get your head around it. Uh, I will be back over this again, just getting a, uh, just getting a bit more familiar with the rules and the character creation. Already, I'm thinking what I want to be because I'm, I'm liking this. I'm really liking this starship aspect of it. That's something I've, I want to play with. That's where i'm getting invested so depends whether how much in ship time it's going to have but that'll be the, i think i'll be the focus of my character i think i want to be the pilot that basically looks after the ship you know i mean it's their baby and i want my focus to be always getting you know upgrades and augmentation for the ship i think i'll be a lot of fun to play with because that's um you Know every little advantage we can have going on these missions, but obviously, I'll talk to Jonathan about it when we go to start the game. But there you go, um, I'll wrap it up there. That's an R, but I, I really do. You'll notice these unboxes when it's an RPG, like, um, I just get lost in them, they are so much fun. And back to what I'm saying, like, there's even i uh, I'd never read this obviously before speaking to Jonathan, but I already got it. From the interview i got his passion i got what he's really he really has a creative mind and already i'm seeing it here and he hasn't made this laborious or overcomplicated. it's really uh really good book to read um I like the artwork i would like to see though a bit more sort of grimy stuff more into the horror aspect uh definitely um i know this is sort of this is the give everyone a chance. you know not everyone's a horror fan i know that's my sort of thing but yeah definitely more horror theme you know and he's got the mechanics there you know i mean he's got it there to play it i like the idea of a supernatural you know adventure in space with monsters and entities and just because it's the far future because we as a human race have an arrogance of where the especially today in the 21st century we think we're the tip of the spear we think we're the pinnacle of um our evolution and i'd like to just see something in the far future just remind us guess what boy you're not <laughs> that'll be fun to play with but like i said links in the description do check it out um Keep an eye out like i said it will be announcing the game we will be playing it in the new year just all days is a horrendous time to be doing anything because christmas and everyone's got uh all got stuff to do that makes sense so things will be a little bit slow next week or two and then we'll pick right back up and there will be straight into it so just as to say keep up the other channel do the type of things until next time keep it creepy keep it horrific